0: Chapter 5 Diagon elie Harry woke early the next morning. All through, he could tell it was daylight. He kept his eyes shut tight. It was a dream, he told himself firmly. I dreamed a giant called Hagrid came to tell me I was going to a school for wizards. When I open my eyes, I'll be at home in my cupboard. There was a sudden Suddenly, a loud tapping noise, and there's Aunt Petunia knocking on the door, Harry thought, through his heart sinking. But he still didn't open his eyes. It had been such a good dream. Tap, tap, tap. All right, Harry mumbled. I'm getting up. He sat up. Hagrid's heavy coat fell off him. The hut was full of sunlight. The storm was over. Hagrid kept himself asleep on the collapsed sofa and there was an owl wrapping its claw on the window, a newspaper held in its beak. Harry scrambled towards his feet, so happy he felt as to a large balloon was swelling inside him. He went straight to the window and jerked it open. The owl swooped and dropped in the newspaper on the top of Hagrid, who didn't wake up. The owl then fluttered onto the floor and then began to attack Hagrid's coat. "Don't do that," Harry tried to wave the owl out of his way, but snapped it furiously at him and carried on savaging the coat. "Hagrid," said Harry loudly, "there's an owl. Pay him." "Wanted," Hagrid on the sofa. "Into the sofa." "What?" He once paid for delivering the paper. Look in the pockets. Hagrid's coat seemed to be made of nothing but pockets. Bunches of keys, luck pellets, balls of strings, mint humbugs and tea bags. Finally, Harry pulled out a handful of strange coins. Give him, gave him five nuts, said Harry sleepily. Nuts, the little bronze ones. Harry counted out. Five little bronze coins and the owl held out its legs so he could put the money into a small leather pouch tied to it. Then it flew off through the open window. Hagrid yearned loudly, sat up and stretched. Best be off, Harry lost a day today. Gotta to get up there London and buy all his school stuff. Harry was turning over the wizard coins and looking at them. He thought of something which made him feel as though happy balloon inside him had got a puncture. I'm Hagrid. Hmm, said Hagrid, who was pulling on his huge boots. I haven't got any money. And you heard Uncle Warren last night. He won't pay for me to go and learn magic. Don't worry about that, said Hagrid, standing up and scratching his head. you think your parents didn't leave anything. But if their house was different, destroyed. They didn't keep their gold in the house, boy. Now, first stop for screen Scringetts. Wizards bank. Have a sausage. They are not bad cold, and I would say no, they are a bit of birthday cake neither. Wizards have bank. Just one. Green run by goblins. Harry dropped the bit of so- sausage he was holding. Goblins? Yeah. So he'd be mad to try and rob, them, rob it. I'll tell ye that. Never mess with goblins, Harry. Gringotts is the safest place in the world as for anything ye want to keep safe. Except maybe Hogwarts. As a matter of fact, I got a wizard ringotts anyway. Fair Dumbledore. Hogwarts business. Hagrid drew himself up proudly. Usually gets me to do important stuff for him. Fetching you, getting things from Gringotts knows he can trust me. Got, got everything? Come on then. Harry followed Hagrid out of the rock. The sky was quite clear now and the sea gleamed in the sunlight. The boat Uncle Vernon had hired was still there a lot of water in the bottom after the straw. How did you get here? Harry asked, looking around for another boat. Flew, said Hagrid. Flew, yeah, but we'll go back in this. N- not supposed to use magic. Now I've got ye. They settled down in the boat. Harry still staring at Hagrid, trying to imagine him flying. Seems a shame they row through," said Hagrid, giving Harry another of his sideways looks. If I was there, speed things a bit up. Wouldn't you mind mentioning at Howard's? Of course not," said Harry, eager to see more magic. Hagrid pulled out his pink umbrella again, tapped it twice on the side of the boat, and sped off towards land. Why would you be mad to try and rob Gringotts? Harry asked. Spells, enchantments, said Hagrid, unfolding his newspaper as he spoke. They, they say there's ha- dragons guarding the high security walls. And then ye gotta find their gringos is hundreds of miles under London. See, deep under the underground. Ye dying of hunger, find they out get out, even if ye manage to get a house in mat. Harry sat and thought about his while Hagrid read his newspaper The Daily Prophet. Harry had learned from Uncle Vernon that people like to be left alone. While they did this, but it was very difficult. he never had so many questions in his life. Ministry of mag- mag- Magic, messing things up right usual. Hagrid muttered, turning the page. There's a Ministry of Magic, Harry asked before he could stop himself. Of course, said Hagrid. They wanted Dumbledore a Minister, of course. But he never leave Hogwarts, so old caniless fudge got the job. Bungalow, if there was one. So he stumbled Dumbledore with owls every morning, asking fair advice. But what does Ministry of Magic do? Well, their main job is to keep it from muggles th- right there, still witches and wizards up down the country. Why? Why? Tell me, Harry. Everyone will be wanting magic solution to their problem. Nah, we are best left alone. At this moment, the boat bumped gently into the harbour wall. Hagrid folded folded up his newspaper and they clambered up the stone steps on the street. Passers-by stared a lot at Hagrid as they walked through a little down to the station. Harry couldn't blame them. Not only was Hagrid wise as tall as anyone, but he kept pointing at perfect ordinary things like parking meters and saying loudly, See that Harry! Thinks these muggles dream up, eh? Hagrid, said Harry, panting a bit as he ran to keep up. Did you say there are dragons at Gringos? Well, so they say, said Hagrid. Cricky, I like a dragon. You'd like one? Wanted one ever since I was a kid. Here we go. They had reached the station. There was a train to London in five minutes' time. Hagrid, who didn't understand muggle money as he gave it, gave the notes to Harry so he could buy their tickets. People stared more than ever on the train. Hagrid looked, took up two seats and sat knitting what they looked like Canary yellow circus tent. Still got your letter, Harry, he asked as he counted stitches. Harry took the parchment envelope out of his pocket. Good, said Hagrid. There's a list uh, there of everything you need. Harry unfolded a second piece of paper he didn't notice the night before he entered. Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry Uniform First year students will require three sets of plain work robes, in brackets black. One plain pointed hat, in brackets black, for day wear. One pair of protective clothes, in brackets, dragon hide or similar. One winter cloak, in brackets, black silver fastenings. Please note that all pupils' clothes should carry name tags. Set books, all students should have a copy of each of the following. The standard book of spells. In, in brackets grade one by Mirinda Koshwak A History of Magic by Patridla Backshot Magical Theory by Albert Waffling A Beginner's Guide to Transfiguration by Emeric Switch One Thousand Magical Herbs and Fungi by Fidel Spore Magical Rafts and Potions by Arsenius Jiggard. Fantastic Beats and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander, The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection by Quentin Trimble. <coughs> Other Equipment, One Wand, One Cauldron, In Bratley Stand Standard Size 2, One Set Glass or Crystal foils. One Telescope, One Set Brass Scales, Students May Also Bring an owl, or a cat, or a toad. Parents are reminded that first years are not allowed their own broomsticks. Can we buy all this in London? Harry wondered aloud if we know where to go. Harry had never been to London before. All through, Hagrid seemed to know where he was going. He was obviously not used to getting there in an ordinary way. He got stuck in the ticket barrier on the underground and complained loudly that the seats were too small and the trains too slow. I don't know how Muggles' magic managed without magic, he said as they climbed a broken-down escalator which led up to a bustling road lined with shops. Hagrid was so huge that he parted the crowds easily. All Harry had to do was keep close behind him. They passed bookshops and music stores, hamburger bars and cinemas, but nowhere that looked as if it could sell you a magic wand. This was just an ordinary street full of ordinary people. Could there really be a pile, piles of wizard gold buried miles beneath them were there really shops that sold spell brooms and broomsticks? Might this not be all some huge joke that the Dursleys could have cooked up? If Harry hadn't known that the Dursleys had no sense of humor, he might have thought so. Yet somehow, even through everything Hagrid had told him so far was unbelievable. Harry couldn't help trusting him. This is it, said Hagrid. Hagrid, coming to a halt. The Leaky Cauldron It's a famous place. It was a tiny, grubby-looking pub. If Hagrid hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have noticed. The people hurrying by the by the glance at it. They are isolated from the big bookshop on one side and to the record shop on the other as if they couldn't see the Lehi Cauldron at all. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this, Hagrid had steered him inside. For a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. A few old women were sitting in a corner, trying, drinking tiny glasses of sherry. One of them was smoking a long pipe. A little man in a top hat was looking, was talking to the old barman. Was quite pale and looking like gummy walnut. The low buzz of chatter stopped when they walked in. Everybody seemed to know Hagrid. They waved and smiled at him as the bowman reached for a l- l- glass. Say, the usual, Hagrid. Can't, Tom. I'm on Hogwarts business. Said Hagrid, clapping his great hand on Harry's shoulder and making Harry's knee buckle. Good Lord, said. The barman peering at Harry. Is this, can this be? The leaky cauldron had suddenly got completely still and silent. Bless my soul, whispered the old barman. Harry Potter, what an honor. He suddenly hurried out of behind the bar, rushed towards Harry and seized his hand, tears in his eyes. Welcome back, Mr. Potter, welcome back. Harry didn't know what to say. Everyone was looking at him. The old woman with the pipe was puffing on it without realizing it had gone out. Hagrid was beaming. There was great scrapping of chairs and next moment Harry found himself shaking hands with everyone in the leaky cauldron. Doris Crockford Mr. Potter Can't believe I'm meeting you at last. So proud, Mr. Potter, I'm I'm just so proud. Always wanted to shake your hand. I'm all of a flutter. Delighted, Mr. Potter, just can't tell you. Tiggles the name, Deadless Tiggle. I've seen you before, said Harry, as Deadless Tiggle's top hat fell off off in his excitement. You bought me once in a shop. He remembers, cried Deadly Strickland, looking around at everyone. Did you hear that? He remembers me. Harry shook his hand again and again. Doris Crawford kept coming back for more. A pale young man made his way forward very nervously. One of his eyes were twitching. Professor Quirrell, said Harry, Hagrid. I mean, sorry, Harry didn't say Hagrid said. Harry, Professor Quirrell, will be one of your teachers at Hogwarts. p p p water stammered Professor Quirrell, grasping Harry's hand. can't tell tell you how pleased am I to meet you. What sort of magic do you teach, Professor Quirrell? Defence against the dark arts, muttered Professor as Slow, he'd rather not think about it. No, no, not that you need it, Potter. He laughed nervously. You'll be getting all your equipment, I suppose. I've got to pick up a new book on vampires myself. He looked terrified at every thought. But the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep. Harry to himself. It took almost ten minutes to get away from them at all. At last, Hagrid managed to make himself heard over the babble. Must get on. lose their boy. Come on, Harry. Doris Crockford shook. Harry sat one more one last time and, and Hagrid led them through the bar and... Out into a small work wa- court- courtyard where there was nothing but a dustbin and a few weeds. Hagrid grinned at Harry. Told you, didn't I? Told you were famous. Even Professor Quirrell was trembling their meteor. Mind you, he's usually trembling. Is he always that nervous? Oh yeah. Poor bloke. Brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying other books. But when he took a year off... They get some first-hand experience. They say he met vampires in the black forest. And there was a nasty bit of trouble with Hyde. Never since never since he come, came back. Scared of students, scared of his own subjects. Now where's my umbrella? Vampires, hacks. Harry's head was swimming. Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks in the wall above the dustbin. Three up, two cross, he muttered. Right, stand back, Harry. He tapped the wall three times with the point of his umbrella. The brick he had touched quivered. It wrinkled in the middle. A small hole appeared. It grew wider. A second later, they were facing an archway large enough even for Hagrid. An archway of cobbled street which twisted and turned out of the side. Welcome, said Hagrid. Diagon Alley. He grinned at Harry's amazement. They stepped back through the archway. I mean, they stepped through the archway. Harry looked quickly over his shoulder, the archway string instantly back into a solid wall. The sun shone brightly on a stack of cauldrons outside the nearest shop. Cauldrons, all size copper, brass, pewter, silver, steel, staring collapsible, had a sign hanging over them. Yeah, you'll be needing one, but first we gotta get your money. Harry wished he had about eight more eyes. He turned his head in every direction as they walked up the street. Trying to look everything at once, these shops, the things outside them, the people doing their shops, a plum woman outside and Apathoris was shaking her head as they passed saying, dragon liver, 16 sickles an ounce. They are mad. A low, soft hooting came from a dark shop with a sign saying, eh, wait, "Elops." Elops. Owls Emporium, Tawny, Screech, Barn, Brown, and Snowy. Several boys of about Harry's age had their noses pressed against a window with brimsticks in it. Look, Harry heard one of them say, the new Nimbus 2000 fastest ever. There were shop selling rope, shop selling telescope, and strange several silver instruments Harry had never seen before, windows stacked with barrels of bat-spleens and eels, eyes tottering piles of spell books, quills and rolls of parchments, potion bottles, globes of the moon. Gringols, said Hagrid. They had reached a snowy white building which towered over the little shops. Standing beside it, it burnished... Bronze toes wearing a uniform of scarlet and gold was Ye, yeah, that's a goblin, said Hagrid quietly as they walked up to the white stones towards him. The goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a swarthy, clever face, a pointed beard and Harry noticed, noticed very long fingers and feet. He bowed as they walked Inside, now they were facing a second pair of doors, Silver this time with words engraved of them. Enter, stranger, but take heed of what abates the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn must pay most dearly in their turn. So if you seek beneath our floors a treasure that was never yours, Thief, you have been warned, beware! Or finding more than treasure there. Like I said, ye be mad to try and rob it," said Hagrid. A pair of goblins bowed them through the silver doors, and they must. And they were in a vast marble hall. About a hundred more goblins were sitting on high stools behind a long counter, scribbling in the large ledgers, weighing coins on brass scales examining precious stones through the eyeglasses there were too many doors to count leading off the hall and yet more goblins were made were showing people in and out these harry and hagrid made for the counter morning said hagrid to a free goblin we've come here to take some money out of mr harry potter's safe have a ski, sir got it here somewhere said harry and started emptying his pockets onto the counter scattering a handful of moldy dog biscuits over goblin's book of numbers the goblin wrinkles his nose harry watched the goblin on their right weighing a pile of rubies as big as glowing coals caught it said Hagrid at last holding up a tiny golden key the goblins looked uh, at it closely this seems to be in order. Ah, I've got a letter here from Professor Dumbledore, said Hagrid importantly, throwing out of his chest. It's about the you-know-what in the vault, 700 seven The goblin read the letter carefully. Very well, he said, handing it back to Hagrid. I will have someone to take you about to do both vaults. Grab hook. Griphook was yet another goblin. Once Hagrid had crammed all the biscuits back inside his pockets, he and Harry followed Griphook towards one of the doors leading off the vault. What's the you know what in the vault? 730? Can't tell you that, said Hagrid mysteriously. Very secret, Hogwarts business. Dumbledore trusted me. More than my job's worth, They tell you that. Griphook held the marble door open for them. Harry, who had expected more marble, was surprised they were in a narrow stone passageway lit with flaming torches. It stopped steeply downwards and there was a little railway crash on the floor. Griphook whistled and a small cart came hut- hobbling up the tracks toward them. They climbed in, haggard with some difficulty and were off. And first they just hurtled to a maze of twisting passages. Harry tried to remember. Left, right, right, left, middle fork, right, left, but it was impossible. The rattling cart seemed to know its own way because Cripple wasn't steering. Harry's eyes stung as the cold air rushed past them, but the but he kept them wide open. Once he thought he saw a burst of fire at the end of her passage and twisted around to see if it was a dragon. But too late, they plunged even deeper, passing an underground lake where the huge stalites and stagmites grow from the ceiling and floor. I never know, Harry called to Hagrid over the noise of the cart. What's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalagmite got a M in it, said Hagrid. And don't ask me questions now, just now. I think I'm going to be sick. He did look very green and when the car stopped at last beside a small door in the passage wall, Hagrid out. Hagrid got out and had to lean against the wall to stop his knees trembling. Grip hook unlocked the door. A lot of green smoke, smoke came from billowing out. As it cleared, Harry gasped. Inside were mounds of gold coins, columns of silver and heaps of little brown smokes. Next, all yours. All Harry's. It was incredible. The Dursleys wouldn't have known about this or they'd. They have it. It been faster than drinking. Drinking. How often had they complained about how much Harry cost them to keep? And all this time, there had been a small fortune belonging to him buried under the London. Ha- Hagrid let, hel- helped Harry p- pile some of it into its skull, into a bag. The cold ones are galleons, he explained. Seventeen silver sickles to a galleon, and 29 nuts, to a sickle, it's very easy enough, right, that should be enough for a couple of terms, we'll keep the rest safe for you, he turned to Griphook, vault 730, now please, and we can, can we go more slowly, one speed only, said Griphook, they were now going even deeper, now gathering speed. The air became colder and colder as they herded around tight corners. They went rattling over an underground ravine, and Harry leant over side to side and tried to see what was down at the dark bottom. But Hagrid groaned and pulled him back by the scruff of his neck. Vault 713 had no keyhole. Stand back, said Griphook importantly. He stroked the door gently with one of his long fingers and it simply melted away. If anyone but a Gringotts cobbler tried that, they'd be sucked through a door and trapped in there, said Griphook. How often do you check if anyone's inside? Harry asked eagerly. Once about every ten years, said Griphook with a nasty grin. Something really extraordinary extraordinary had to be inside this top security world. Harry was sure and he leaned forward eagerly, expecting to see fabulous jewels at, at the very least, but at thought he it was empty, but then he noticed a grubby little black package wrapped up in brown paper lying on the floor. Hagrid picked it up and tucked it in deep inside his coat. Harry longed to know what it was, but knew when and better to ask. Come on on, come on, come back in this infernal little cart and don't talk to me on the way back. It's best if I keep my mouth shut, said Hagrid. One wild cart ride later, they stood blinking in the sunlight outside Grinkotts. Harry didn't know where to run first now. That he had a bag full of money he didn't have to know how many galleons there were to a pound to know that he was holding more money than he had ever in his whole life more money than even dudley had ever had might as well he get a uniform said hagrid nodding towards the madame malkin's ropes for all occasion listen harry would you mind if i slipped off and pick it Pick me up in the leaky cauldron I hid them got cards. He did look a bit of sick so Harry entered Madame Malkin's shop alone feeling nervously. Madame Malkin was the squat smiling witch dressed all in mauve. How dear? she said when Harry started to speak. Got the lot here, yeah. another young man being fitted just up in now in fact. In the back of the shop, a boy with pale pointed face was standing on a footstool while second witch pinned up his long black ropes. Madame Malkin stood Harry on a stool next to him and slipped a long rope over his head and began to pin it to the right. Hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too? Yes, said Harry. My father's... Next door, buying me books and my mother's up the street looking at one, said the boy. He had a bored, drawling voice. Then I'm going to drag them off to look at the racing brooms. I don't see why first years can't have their own. I think I'll bully father into getting me one and I'll smuggle it in somehow. Harry was uh, strongly reminded of Dudley. Have you got your own room? The boy went on. No. Said harry. Ha- said harry play quidditch at all no said harry again wondering what on the earth quidditch could be i do father says it's a crime if i'm not picked to play for my house and i must say i agree know what house you'll be be in In yet no said harry feeling more stupid by the minute well no one really knows until they get there do they? But I know I'll be in Citrin. All our family have been. Imagine imagining being in Hufflepuff. I think I'll leave. Wouldn't you? Mmm! Mmm! said Harry, wishing he said he could say something a bit of more interesting. I see. Look at that man! said the boy him, nodding towards the front window. Hagrid was standing there, grinning at Harry and pointing at Two large ice creams to show he couldn't come in. That's Hagrid, said Harry, pleased to know something the boy did. He works at Hogwarts. Oh, said the boy, I've heard of him. He's a sort of servant, isn't he? He's the gamekeeper, said Harry. He was liking the boy less and less every second. Yes, exactly. I heard he's sort of savage lives in a hut in these cool grounds and every now and then he gets drunk tries to do magic and ends up setting fire on his bed i think he's brilliant said harry coldly do you said the boy with a slight sneer why is he with you where are your parents they're dead said harry shortly he didn't feel much like going into the matter with this boy oh sorry said the other not sounding sorry at all but they were our kind, weren't they? They were a witch and wizard. if That's what you mean. I really don't think they should let the other sort in. Do you? They're not, just not the same. They've never been brought up no obvious. Some of them have never been heard of Hogwarts until they get the letter. Imagine, I think they should keep it in old wizarding families. What's your surname anyway? But before Harry could answer madame malkin said that's you done my dear and harry not sorry for an excuse to stop talking to the boy hopped from the footstool well i'll see you at hogwarts i suppose said the drawling boy harry was rather quiet as he ate ice cream hagrid had bought him chocolate and raspberry with chopped nuts what's up said hagrid nothing Harry lied. They stopped to buy parchment and quills. Harry cheered up a bit when he found a bottle of ink that changed colours at the road. When they had left the shop, he said, Hagrid, what's Quidditch? Play me, Harry, I keep forgetting how lately I know not knowing about Quidditch. Don't make me feel worse, said Harry. He told Hagrid about the pale boy in, the, in Madame Malkin's. And he said people from muggle families shouldn't be even allowed him. Ye not from a muggle family. If he'd known who ye, he'd grown up to be knowing your name if his parents are wizard folk. You saw him in Licky cauldron. Anyway, what does he know about it? Some of the best I've ever saw were the only one in magic in among long lines of muggles. Look at your mum. Look at what she had, fair sister. So what is Quidditch? It's a sport, wizard sport. It's like like football in the Muggle world. Everyone follows Quidditch. Played up in the air on broomstick, and there are four uh, balls, sort of hard to explain their rules. And what are Slytherin and Hufflepuff? School houses. There's four. Everyone says Hufflepuffs a lot of toughers, but I bet I'm in Hufflepuff," said Heidi gloomily. Better call Hufflepuff, the Slytherin, said Hagrid darkly. There's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't it its Slytherin. You know who was one? Wol- Wol- Sorry, you know who was in Hogwarts? Years and years ago, said Hagrid. They brought Harry's school books in a f- in a shop called Flourish and Blots. The shelves were stacked to the ceiling with the books of as large as paving stones bound in leather books the size of postage stamps and the cover of silks books full of peculiar symbols and few books which nothing in them at all even dudley who never read anything would have been wild to get his hands in some of these hagrid has almost tried to hurry away from curses and countercurses be bewitch your friends and befuddle your enemies with the latest revenges hair hey, hey, loss jelly Legs, tongue tying, and much, much more by Professor Vindictus Viridian. I was trying to find out how to curse deadly. I'm not saying that that's a good idea, but you're not to use magic in the muggle world except in very circum- special circumstances, said Hagrid. And anyway, he couldn't work any of these courses yet. You'll need a lot of more to study before you get that level. Haggard wouldn't let Harry buy a solid gold cauldron either. It says But they got all but they got a nice set of scales for weighing potion ingredients and a collapsible brass telescope. Then they visited the apothecaries which was fascinating enough to make up it for horrible smell a mixture of bad eggs and wanted cabbages. Barrels of salami stuff stood on the floor. floor jars of herbs, dried roots, and dried powders lined the walls. Bundles of feathers, strings of fangs, and snarled claws hung from the ceiling. While Hagrid asked the man behind the counter for a supply of some basic potion ingredients for Harry, Harry himself examined the silver unicorn horns at 21 galleons each and minuscule, glittery, black ble- beetle eyes, five nuts a scoop. Outside the apothecaries, Hagrid checked Harry's list again. Just left your wand. Oh, oh yeah, and still haven't caught your birthday present. Harry felt himself for it. You don't have to. I know I don't have to. Tell you what, I'll get you an animal, not a toad. Toad went out fashion years ago. be laughed, and I don't like cats. They make me sneeze. I'll get you an owl. All kids want out. They are deadly useful. Carry post and everything. Twenty minutes later, they left Eelops, Elop's Emporium, which had been dark and full of rustling, and flickering jewel bright eyes. Harry now had carried a large cage which held a beautiful snowy owl fast asleep with her head under her wing. Harry couldn't stop snambering in his thanks, sounding just like Professor Kudel. Don't mention it, said Hagrid gruffly. Don't ex- expect you've had a lot of presents from Dorsey's Just Olyvendor's left now. Only place for bones. Olyvendor's and he got best bones. A magic wand. This was what Harry had been really looking forward to. The last shop was narrow and shabby. Peeling gold letters over the door read, Only Windows makers make us a fine wand. fine wand since 382 B.C. A single wand lay on a faded purple cushion, cushion in the dusty window. A tinking bell rang somewhere in the depths of the shop as they stepped inside. It was a tiny place, empty except for a single spindly chair which Hagrid sat on to wait. Harry spelt strangely, as though they had entered a very strict library. He swallowed a lot of new questions which had just occurred to him and looked instead for thousands of narrow boxes filed neatly right up to the ceiling. For some reason, the back of his neck prickled. There was dusty and silent in here seemed to tinkle with some secret magic. Good afternoon, said a soft voice. Harry jumped. haggard must have jumped too because there was large crunching noise and he got quickly off his bunny chair. An old... Man was standing before them. Pale light shining like moon through the gloom of the shop. Hello, said Harry awkwardly. Ah, yes, said the man. Yes, yes. I thought I'd be seeing you soon, Mr. Harry Potter. It wasn't a question. You have your mother's eyes, mother's eyes, it seemed only yesterday she was in here herself buying her first word. Ten and quarter inches long, swishy, made of willow, nice wand for charm work. Mister. Ollivander closed, closer, moved closer to Harry. Harry wished he wouldn't blink. He would blink. Those silvery eyes were a bit creepy. Your father, on the other hand, favored a mahogany wand, eleven inches, pliable, a little more power, and excellent for transfiguration. Well. I say your father favored it, because it's a real one that chooses, really the one that chooses the wizard, of course. Mr. Ollivander had come so close that he and Harry almost had almost nose to nose. Harry could see himself reflected in those misty eyes, and that's where Mr. Ollivander touched the lightning scar on Harry's forehead. And with a long white finger, I am sorry to say I sold the wand that did it. He said softly, Thirteen and a half and a half inches. you powerful wand, very powerful, and in the wrong hands. Well, if I had known what the wand was going to out the world to, so." He shook his head, and then, to Harry's relief, spotted Hagrid. rubies rubies Hagrid. How nice to see you again." Oak sixteen ones, rather bent, wasn't it? Oh, it was, sir. Yes, good one that one. But I suppose they snapped it at half when you got expelled," said Mr. Olivander seriously. Eh, yes, they did, yes," said Hagrid, shuffling his feet. "I've still got the pieces too," he said, Ida brightly. "But you don't use them," said Mr. Ollivander sharply. "Oh, no, sir. Oh, no, sir." said Hagrid quickly, but he noticed gripped. but Harry noticed he gripped his pink umbrella very tightly as he spoke. Hmm, said Mr. Ollivander, giving Harry, Hagrid a piercing look. Well now, Mr. Potter, let me see. He pulled a long tape measure with the silvering markings out of his pocket. Which is your wand? Err. Eh, well, I am right-handed. Hold out, your yeah, I am. That's it. He measured Harry from shoulder to finger, then wrist to elbow, shoulder to floor, knee to armpit and round his head. And he measured, he said. Every olivander wand has a core of powerful magical substance, Mr. Potter. We use unicorn hairs, phonic tail feathers and the heartstring of dragons. No two olivander wands are same, just as no two unicorns, dragons or phonics is are quite the same. and of course you will not get such good results with another wizard's one. Harry suddenly realized that the tape measure which was matching between his nostrils were doing this on his own. Mr. Ollivander was flitting through the shelves, taking down boxes. That will do, he said and the tape measure crumpled into the heap of the floor. Right then, Mr. Potter, try this one. Beechwood and dragon heartstring, nine inches, nice and flexible. Just take it and give it a wave. Harry took the wand and, being foolish, feeling foolish, waved it around a bit, but Mr. Ollivander snatched it out of his hand almost at once. Maple and phonics feather, seven inches, quite wimpy, try Harry tried, but he hardly raised his wand when it was too snatched by Mr. Ollivander. No, no, here a and unicorn head, each and a half inches springy. Go on, go on, try it out. Harry tried and tried. He had no idea what Mr. Ollivander was waiting for. The pile of fried wands were mounting higher and higher on spindly chair, but the more wands the he pulled from the shells the more he seemed to become the more happier he seemed to become Pretty customer eh not to worry we'll find the perfect match for you somewhere oh wait a minute yeah harry took the i wonder now yes why not your unusual combination holly and phonics feather 11 inches nice and supple Suffer. Harry took the wand. He felt a sudden warmth in his fingers. He raised the wand above his head, brought it swishing down through the dusty air, and a stream of red and gold sparks shot from the end of the end like a firework, throwing dancing spots on the light on the wall. Hagrid whooped and clapped, and Mr. Orimander cried, Oh, bravo, yes, indeed, oh, very good. Well, 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 how curious. How very curious. He put Harry's wand back into his box and wrapped it in brown paper, still muttering, Curious, curious. Sorry, said Harry, but what curious. Mr. Ollivander faced Harry with a pale stare. I remember every wand I sold, Mr. Potter, every single wand. It so happens that phonics whose tail feather, is in your wand gave another feather just one another feather it is very curious indeed that you should be distant for this one when its brother why its brother gave you that scar harry swallowed yes 13 and a half inches you curious indeed how these things happen the wand chooses the wizard remember I think we must expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. After all, he who must not be named did great things, great, great things, terrible, yes, but great. Harry shivered. He wasn't sure he liked Mr. Ollivander too much. He paid seven gold galleons for this one, and Mr. Ollivander bought them from the shop. The late afternoon sun hung low in the sky as Harry and Hagrid made their way back to the Diagon Alley, back through the walk, back through the leaky corridor now empty. Harry didn't speak at all as they walked down the road. He didn't even notice how much people were copying at them on the underground, laden as they were, filled with funny shaped packages with sleeping snowy owl on Harry's lap. Up another escalator, out in the Paddington station, Harry only realized where they had Hagrid had tapped him on his shoulder. Got time for your beach to eat before your train leaves, he said. He bought Harry a hamburger and they sat down on the plastic seats to eat them. Harry kept looking around. Everything looked so strange somehow. You are all right, Harry? Yeah, very quiet, said. Harry wasn't sure he would explain. He had just the best birthday of his life, and yet he chewed his hamburger, trying to find the words. Everyone thinks I'm special, he said at last. All those people in leaky cordon, Professor Quiddal, Mr. Ollivander. But I don't know anything about magic at all. How can they expect great things? I'm famous and I can't even remember what I'm famous for. I don't know what happened when Paul, sorry, I mean the night my parents died. Hagrid leaned across the table behind the wild beard and eyebrows. he wore a very kind smile. Don't you worry Harry, you'll learn very fast. Everyone starts at the beginning of Hogwarts. You'll we'll just be fine, just pay yourself. I know it's hard, you've been singled out, and that's always hard, but you'll have a great time at Hogwarts. I did, still do, matter of fact. Harriet helped Harry onto the train that would take him back to the Dursley's and handed him an envelope. A ticket for Hogwarts, he said. 1st of September, Kings horse It's all on a ticket. Any problem with the Dursley's, send, send me a letter. With the And she'll know where to find me. See, soon Harry the train pulled out of the station, Harry wanted to watch Hagrid until he was out of the sight. He rose in his seat and pressed his nose against the window, but he blinked and Harry was caught. So this is the end of the fifth chapter, and the sixth chapter will be coming soon. Bye.